Now then, over the weekend, NXT was not the only program that went on. We also had Ring of Honor. We also had... No, New Japan was last week. Mm-hmm. Never mind that. They probably had a thing on, but it wasn't as big. We had UFC. We had SummerSlam of 2016 went on, and it was a cluster of a show. Oh, yes. This was... A cluster, insert expletive, show. Yeah. It, <laughs> was, it was very weird. Just... I don't understand how they booked this or some of the decisions behind it were very weird. As as you were saying, like, with Japan, them, I think, are New Japan Pro Wrestling are a good comparison for WWE at the minute. Their strategies have always been long-term booking strategies. Like, Kenny Omega just became the first gaijin or uh, foreigner to win the G1 Climax over the yeah. last week. And that didn't happen overnight. That was a two, three-year build since he joined Bullet Club and became the leader. And it was huge. Yeah, massive. Like, I'm a huge Kenny Omega fan. He's probably my favourite wrestler at the minute. But then you have WWE, who tend to build these big stories within the space of three or four weeks before a pay-per-view. Yeah. Finn Balor, (laughs) perfect example. He gets three, four weeks before he's the new Universal Champion. what, debuted, and then a month later he's, he's the champ. Yeah. It's Which just, I mean, they still they built it well. Oh yeah, I, for the time that they had, yeah, it was fantastic. I think it just shows that there's a different demographic for those audiences. New Japan followers are probably a bit more uh, devoted, I'd say, and they're there for the sporting aspect of it. Especially New Japan built it up as a real legitimate sporting, uh, I guess, entertainment thing. Yeah. Whereas yeah, thing. Whereas <laughs> WWE are a bit more. It's focused. a good lucha thing. It's like. <laughs> I just pulled a Galiso, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Live radio and whatnot. But I think WWE are a bit more centric on that entertainment value as opposed to the sporting aspect. And they want to punch out stories so that people keep coming back to find out, okay, so what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? It's not really like going to see a movie. It's like watching yeah. an episode of a show. But SummerSlam, I think, was a bit of a mess. And shows what the consequences of that can actually be when you don't have that Exactly. And I think one of the... I feel like they had a bit of trouble as well because they had to do the cross-branding. Oh, yeah. Because they had the Raw and SmackDown team together, which sort of made it a little bit weird, but at the same time, they also had their own separate brand stuff while they had co-branded thing. Actually, wait, was there anything co-branded that wasn't the main event? Um... Looking at this card, I don't think so. No, no, don't, I honestly don't think so. So I don't understand how they made this so weird, but I mean, look, well, run... it's, it's because it's been some time since we've seen it, I think. People I are still trying so. to get used to it. <laughs> um, I don't know if it'll work in the long term, but... It's struggling right now, I'll say that much. I think SmackDown's become weaker since they yeah. actually <laughs> Since they just up. ruined it? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> it's just gotten worse. Uh, well. But running through the card, we had Jericho, my favourite team right now. <laughs> I love... All right, so I'll I'll go out on a limb here and I'll tell you the truth. When Chris Jericho came back and did his, his regular comebacks, I started to get sick of him. Yeah. I was like, okay, oh, so yeah, he, he's, he's coming in, he comes in as a face doing, the, oh, yeah, it's Y2J, yay! And, like, the crowd loved it, but I was sitting there going, okay, this is the same crap. Yeah. He'll put on a couple of good matches. Maybe he'll put over some new guy and then that's it. This has turned into something else entirely and I love it. Mm. I love Jericho with his scarf. I love his stupid little French goatee. I love everything that he's and doing. And that smug look on his face oh, when he walks to the ring and he has his, his hand. His entrance is perfect now. Oh, wow. 
<laughs> he's just always coming up with something new. I mean, my my favorite Chris Jericho has to be 2001 Jericho. I'm like huge fan of 2001 you, Jericho. You were a ponytail boy. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I love the ponytail. But he's just always got something different. I mean, you were right. He was stagnant in that time, like like yeah. late 2015 when he came back for Survivor Series, especially was just a nightmare. That, that was so weird. But. I guess now with this Jericho thing, he's pretty much revitalised that thrill that is Y2J whenever you see him. I, I feel like him, he actually legitimately loves Kevin Owens. Yeah. Like, there is a genuine bond there where these guys are, they're both ring veterans, they're both Canadian, they both have so much in common, like they have a family, they, lo- they love wrestling so much yeah. that they just come together and are like, you know, this is actually really good. They're an absolute match made in heaven and it's so good to see Kevin doing something yes like the man is a legend <laughs> a living legend and he deserves so so much in this company like he came in in such a huge way with the whole John Cena US title thing but since then you know he kind of just disappeared and mm. what well, him and Zayn had like number one possibly like best matches of the year they've had two this year alone oh, yeah. three Easy. three this year alone and Sami Zayn's on the pre-show. God, don't even get me started about that. (sighs) But yes, we saw Jericho defeat Enzo and Big Cass, which was quite an upset, but I think... I I have a theory on this, and give me your idea on this. I feel like Jericho was supposed to only last until SummerSlam. Originally, the plan was that they were going to have some sort of beef coming into the show and then sort of split off and that would create a feud. But because they're just so legitimately entertaining... They've gone over and they're actually going to continue these guys for at least a little bit longer before they have the feud. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I thought it was going to be like a Y2AJ thing. And yeah, they last like exactly. three weeks before Jericho's <laughs> burning T-shirts in trash cans and... Oh, God. Cutting amazing promos. <laughs> Quiet. <laughs> Quiet. <laughs> it's just messed up. But yeah, you're completely right. They're just so over. Like, Enzo and Cass and then Jericho are probably like the two most over-tagged teams in the division. Oh, they're not even like... I don't know. I guess with Enzo and Cass, my thing is I would like to see Enzo as a manager. I mm. think that would be a really cool dynamic. But before that happens, I want them to hold the belts. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that entirely. Because I think that is Enzo's calling is obviously on the mic. Yeah. So the more possibility he gets on the mic unless getting absolutely murdered, mm. <laughs> the yeah. better. And just like waiting for that hot tag all the time. It's the same thing. Anyway. Which it, it works. Um, but for the second match, which I'm sure is where you, the start of your sort of annoyance has come in, was the women's championship match. The second on the card. So much for women's revolution, huh? Hey? Oh, God. One, it's second on the card. Two, this probably isn't, this obviously isn't a booking fault. I mean, the match was a bit of a mess. It was, there was just a lot of botches going on. I don't See, know. No, I, the, I, I get what you're saying here, and I, I do agree for some bits. There was, what, like two main botches mm. that were obvious and were just like, oh, my God, someone's going to die. But I think the rest of the match was really good, except for the fact that I get really annoyed when these two get paired together in a match because for whatever reason, you can see that they're setting up for the spots. Yeah. Whenever they come together, I don't know if it's because Charlotte's new or if Sasha Banks just gets nervous or it's a bit of both or if they're both just nervous or whatever else or they have all this pressure on them. But you can see during the match, 
that they're moving to set up the next spot. They're not actually doing what they're smoothly doing. Yeah. It's all for the f- the sake of, okay, we're going to do this next. We're not actually having a wrestling match. We are legitimately going for a spot fest. Mm. And it comes off as really forced. Yeah, that it was no more apparent than it was at SummerSlam. Yeah. I think it was just totally, how can we get people out of their seats and marking out? But exactly. It just wasn't working. It, yeah, and it, it costs quite a lot for this this match. So Sasha's injured, is that correct? Apparently so. She's had some, like nothing major, but just like niggling little back injuries or something. Yeah. So she's gone for two months, I think, is, is the max time. Yeah. I think people were actually saying that she wanted some time off for her honeymoon as well. <laughs> I was thinking, I don't know if she'd give up the women's title for her honeymoon. No, that that wouldn't really make much sense. Yeah. I could not see that but at all. But that was a huge upset. I mean, Brooklyn was outraged. They, they, they gasped. They yeah. physically gasped. It was literally, you felt the air escape from <laughs> the stadium because people were just sucking it all in. Yeah, I don't know. It, it was a defeat that nobody expected, but a defeat nonetheless for Sasha Banks as Charlotte is now your new women's champion, uh, going for a second reign. So I'm I'm okay with it. I, I like Charlotte as champion. It seems to suit her a bit more. But I will say the belt looks so good around Sasha. <laughs> Far out. I'm so conflicted. <laughs> She'll get it back. She'll get it back. Don't worry. <laughs> the next match was for the Intercontinental Championship in the least hyped match that I would say... <laughs> For the entire card. Okay, this is what annoys me. I'm not even going to get into the match because it, it was a no, bit lackluster. who cares? Just skip it. Miz won. Miz is still the champion over Apollo Crews. Crews won a triple threat match between former NXT alumni. And then for two weeks, he was gone from TV. <laughs> he was not seen as SmackDown, even though he so- is the number one contender for the Intercontinental title. Why? Ugh. What? Ugh. It just makes absolutely no sense. Like, Miz, to an extent, I would say that he doesn't even need that belt. But if you take it off him now, who the hell is going to carry it? Because they're I'm not. I'm sure there'll be some good people. Yeah, but they're not doing anything to build that rivalry with it. I mean, all the other belts have got tension behind them. This one's just kind of like, oh, we'll have some fatal four ways and we'll find someone to yeah. verse you. But, you know, Miz <laughs> is going to win anyway, so why even bother watching it? There's absolutely no tension. There's no excitement behind an intercontinental title match. Yeah. It's not what you need. Yeah. I, I don't get it at all. But, but hey, that was the thing. I, the I next love match. The Miz. I love The Miz. <laughs> yeah. Miz, the is, Miz is great. We'll play you a thing for that later. Uh, the Miz won. But then we had what people were saying was the match of the night, and I thought was lackluster, AJ Styles versus John Cena. Okay. We're, we're in disagreement now. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to put out the idea that I had for the women's title match and say this was just a spot fest. This was the guys going, okay, what is the cooler thing that we can do? And I like the stuff that they did, but it was just, okay, we're setting up for this next, we're setting up for this next. There were no proper working the corner aside from the like the super aas there was no running the ropes there was no proper chain wrestling sort of stuff it was just one spot after the other yeah i i see that i see that i think that's cena's style to an extent that is a good point i think that's what cena does (laughs) he gets in there and he lugs around and he just occasionally locks up he does a couple power moves because he's a big Mm. unit I think 
that the dynamic of AJ Styles, one of the best wrestlers, workers in the world, and this guy, a powerhouse. I think... Okay, let, let's go back a bit. Let's go back to Money in the Bank. That okay. match was dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. I Which think one I, was that again? Money in the Bank when Gallows and Anderson interfered at the finish. Oh, right. Of, and Cena was completely, like, overselling everything. Yep. The whole idea behind that obviously would have been to make it look like AJ was out-wrestling Cena, which we all knew was going to be the case anyway. <laughs> Cena is not on the same level as AJ in the respect that they're on two different spectrums. Cena, I guess, is an entertainer, while Styles is a wrestler. Yeah. They're both indicative of two different pathways, that one of them is arguably an older style, but it's still completely relevant, and the other one is the future, I would say, even though he's an old-timer. Pretty much. (laughs) But this match, I felt as though there was just so much story behind it not so much mm. in the physical but the emotional that yeah. it brought these two can create so much emotional tension when they're in the ring together i mean we saw that on like the first time they stepped in the ring together that's probably like one of the biggest crowd reactions we've ever had oh, it was huge I, I got chills watching that like absolute chills and i've every time they get in the ring together i'm just like wow this is actually happening i'm still a huge mark for it <laughs> i you're, you're right, you're right. The the emotional connection there sort of outweighs the proper wrestling because you saw, like, even the commentary after the Super AA was kicked out of. Like, that that look from Cena was the perfect description of how this match played out. Yeah. It was just, what the hell does he have to do? Yeah. And eventually, it wasn't enough. And it, it told a perfect story. And then you had AJ win. I don't like the fact that the Styles Clash was used as a setup for the the phenomenal forearm. No, I hate it. That move is not being protected enough. Not at all. It's it's a move that can literally break necks and mm. has. And it's just... And you just see Cena's giant head. Like, we talk about <laughs> this on the hot tag, like, all the time. Cena's massive head is always so damn close to the mat that it's terrifying. That should be the finisher, not the phenomenal forearm, but... I don't know. Do yeah. we have to do? Who the hell knows? Uh, we then had the uh, the WWE Tag Team Championship match, which saw Luke Gallows... I'm just going to call them the club. Yeah, Gallows and Anderson uh, taking on the New Day with Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods and the uh, ring post-itis suffering Big E not there. In his place was Mr. John Stewart. I love John Stewart. <laughs> no! Get out. What? Get, I hate John Stewart. He's so annoying. No, he is amazing. I think everyone forgets that he turned heel last SummerSlam, but you know, whatever. But that was like, that was his entire thing with the promo. <laughs> is he was saying, I hope there isn't some idiot to come in and interfere with a chair. And you just sit there and going, oh my God, he played this out so well. He got booed out of the building. It was so funny. Oh, he did. <laughs> I, I think I think it was a weird thing because from the, the Cena and Styles match onwards, the crowd died. Yeah, that's what I mean, because they they were just so wound up in that emotional... They just, they couldn't continue from then on. they were just dead. And there were still, well, five matches to follow that. I know. So I think that's part of the reason why SummerSlam felt so weird, was because after that match, the rest of the show just sort of died down a little bit. Uh, But Jon Stewart was in the corner of the New Day. He was wearing a llama penis on his head. And wow, that was that was an amazing sight. Um, but we got about ten minutes into the match, and then Biggie came back. We, I knew that was going to happen. We all knew that was going to happen. Yeah, 
It, it was bound to. It was good, though. I still enjoyed it. <laughs> I, I just love that they spent all this time just nodding to Doc Gallows. This, <laughs> the, this entire story was just to, to make a nod to Doc Gallows. I, That's all it was. I love the, the the whole doctor gimmick thing. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> I know a lot of people aren't a fan of it. I, I know, I know you're be. all over the doctor gimmick, but... I... I'm, I'm willing to let them have it for a little bit. <laughs> nice. It was just so good. They played it so well. Biggie came back, wrecked house, so the, uh, the club... Technically won by DQ, but tag champs are still the tag champs. I think and that's why it was weird, because it was a DQ win, and everyone just kind of went, oh, they yeah. retained. Oh, <laughs> yeah. they retained. Okay, cool. Yeah. Why not? And then there was the celebration and whatnot. And then we had another disappointment, dare I say it? Would you be in agreement with this? Oh, yeah. The the world, the WWE World Championship, not the Universal World. It's a, I hate these titles. All of these Have you seen that meme where it's me. like Spongebob with the coloured Krabby Patties and it's like the WWE titles? <laughs> I'm like, that just sums up the visual element of the titles yep, at the pretty minute. much. But this is the only normal looking belt and it was defended by Dean Ambrose against Dolph Ziggler in a, a 10 minute match. No, 15 minute match. It was, it was something. Not much, but something. Like anyone who knows me knows that Dean Ambrose is like my number one. <laughs> Absolute number one. If if I could find him, I'd marry him in a heartbeat. Sorry, Renee. But he just doesn't get the chances, I don't feel, to to do what he wants to do. I mean, mm. if you watch the Stone Cold podcast here, you can oh, see how so uncomfortable awkward. he was. That was so awkward. He was just so uncomfortable because Steve Austin, of course, is so in- intense and... Ambrose is really chill in nature. He's yeah. just kind of like, eh, whatever, dude. You know, like, I'm <laughs> Dean Ambrose. I do, I do what they tell me to do. He needs to turn heel. But that's the thing. This was his... This showed how he plays out as a heel. Mm. This match, he was the heel in it because Dolph... Look, the build-up to this was better than the match. I loved the build-up simply for Dolph Ziggler because mm. that was some of the best mic work that he's done in years. Yeah. And it came off so well. It actually gave me hope that Dolph actually won this. I knew he wasn't, but there was just that little flicker of hope that, like, oh, maybe he could, and it'd be a really touching moment. Mm. And then that could lead to, like, Dean turning heel and whatever else. This just didn't work, though. I don't know if the crowd were a little bit confused because they didn't want Dean to be heel, or if they were just sort of... They just sat on their hands because they didn't really care because they knew Dean was going to win. Yeah, you're right, because those promos as you said, were just the most intense that Ziggler's ever been. You know, it's almost as good as his heel days when he was the yeah. champ. <laughs> That's where he needs to be at. He was on his way there, but this match didn't represent that at all. No. There was, they, they did a couple moves in the ring, they worked for a bit, and they're really protecting Dirty Deeds at the minute. Which like, I'm okay with. I'm yeah. glad to see a DDT actually get over. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm like Stone Cold. I like to see a DDT be protected. Yeah. Because it is literally just forcing someone's head to the mat. I know. If you think about it, really, wrestling is so stupid because <laughs> yeah. only the intensely ridiculous looking moves get over these days. Go back to Jake the Snake Roberts and his DDT. I mean, the oh, innovator yeah. of it. Like, he was indestructible with that thing. And yeah, they're giving it justice, but. This match, I, I guess, like, have a DDT, but make it a surprise. I mean, what happened? They kind of just stumbled off the corner, I think, and then it was that was it. No, there was 
Dolph went for the top rope face plant. That's it. Uh, Dane just landed on his feet and then DDT, and that was it. And Dean was just like, cool, did that. Yeah. Done my job, get my paycheck, get out. That's what I mean. That's what it looked like. It looked like yeah. they were in there for filler. And you- you, Okay, no way. If we're going to talk about filler, let's move on to the next <laughs> match, which was a six-woman tag team match between Natalia, Alexa Bliss versus Becky Lynch, Naomi, and Carmella with the addition of replacing Eva Marie, who... and. I hate Eva Marie as a character, but I love her as an entrance. Oh, okay. Simply because of the voiceover guy. Yeah, he's pretty cool. (laughs) He makes SmackDown great for me. (laughs) Between him and Heath Slater, that's the only reason why I'll watch SmackDown. Heath Slater is another planet right now, man. Like, (laughs) oh my God, he's killing it. We'll have to save that for another show. We're running out of time already. We'll have a whole show dedicated to Heath Slater. Just a whole show. Um, But Nikki Bella made her return in... Look, the women popped. The rest of the crowd just didn't care. I popped so hard at the start. I was like, you can look, but you can't. I was doing the twirl and everything. <laughs> and then I was sure like, oh, it's a stripper hang thing. <laughs> yeah. But then I was like, oh, wait, nah, I really don't care. <laughs> I just sat back down again. Yeah. Yeah. Why is this match here and why is the title match second? I don't know. <sighs> Women's division. It just completely transformed in the space of 24 hours. Oh, God, yeah, it's it's gone downhill, and SmackDown is just suffering. However, I will say, I want to see Naomi be featured more often. Oh, yeah. This new change of her gimmick is amazing. I love her entrance. Yeah. I love everything that she's doing. I'm so glad they remixed her song. How good is it? She is not a good singer, but by God, <laughs> is she a good dancer. <laughs> she, she was a bit boring. If you watch SmackDown this week on the announce desk, she was kind of like... The generic baby face, kind of like, oh, really? oh I, I really, I deserve that title and I've been working uh, hard to get that title and I'm going to do everything I can to get that. And I was like, oh, come on, girl, put a little bit of, you know, bleh. yeah, put some <laughs> oomph into it. She was just kind of there sitting there like, oh, yeah, I've worked hard for it. We've seen that she's got a little hood in her from things like Total Divas. Like, yeah. I used to, I watched the first couple seasons of Total Divas yeah. where, you know, you could see that she has some character behind her and yeah. she can talk really cool. That's what I want to see from someone like the Usos as well. Oh, yeah. Because you see that they can talk really cool. They have the smack behind them. They just don't get the chance to yeah, show it's it. Yeah, like some of these guys, if they were more like their real-life personas, they'd be so much more interesting. Oh, yeah. And then there's some people who would just, yeah, just shut <laughs> it up. Just, yeah, it's, and it's horrible. It's annoying. It's boring. <laughs> um, now then, we've got two more matches to go through. The last one is going to be very quick. The first one, Finn Balor. Versus, or should I say Finn Balor, the Demon King, as they announced him. Yeah, Demon King. I, I don't like when they announce the gimmicks no, with just, the actual just, person. Just call him Finn. Yeah. We don't need to do that anymore. But uh, he defeated Seth Rollins in what was a good match, marred by a, a crowd that were absolutely disgusted by the new Universal Championship. The Red Velvet Belt, they called it. The, the, the Red Velvet <laughs> Cupcake Championship. I, I got mixes between that and Shinsuke Nakamura's jacket taped onto his belt. <laughs> and there was something else I can't remember. But, oh my God, it, it's horrible. It, yeah. it lo- like They said titles have looked like toys before. This looks like a literal toy. Okay, if we were to rank them right, the spinner belt, this higher. belt. I'd, put the, I'd, put, I'd legit put the spinner higher. Yeah, so would I, 100%. <laughs> That's like one of my favorite belts ever. Yeah. The butterfly belt. Where does oh, that God. <laughs> I mean, for, for what it represented, it was annoying, but it still looked better than this one does. Yeah, it actually did. <laughs> wow, that says a lot. Yeah. But There's... yeah, like, as you said, 
two of the absolute best wrestlers in the world now, and no one cared. Everyone was just yep. booing this belt the entire time. It was not about the belt. You've got, you've got the Finn Balor and Seth Rollins in the same. That That's was a, such a hugely hyped match. I know. A year ago, that was a dream match. No <laughs> one thought we'd actually see it. You yeah. know. And then and here's the crowd chanting, hey, we want a new belt. Yeah. Just get over yourselves. Seriously. <laughs> it's just, that's what annoys me sometimes about wrestling. People are just like way too obsessed with trying to get themselves over and get the crowd over. Just watch the wrestling. Believe me, I know that more than anyone else. Yeah. Wow. But in the end, Finn Balor won. And it was amazing. And a great moment. Only to be ruined by him popping out his goddamn shoulder. <laughs> Finn! Why, Finn? <laughs> Why? He, Take a buckle bomb like a proper human being. Yeah, because he, he tried to drape his arm over the barrier for yeah. some stupid reason. It was a buckle bomb outside onto the barrier, and I guess he wanted to sort of catch it so it wouldn't be too bad of a bump so he could continue with the match. Yeah. And I guess his arm got caught as it was draped he was, over. He was too low, so he yeah. landed like with his arm directly on the barrier, and it was yeah, just Yeah, it messy. legit popped out, and then... Like, as but someone who's been through tough. shoulder injuries before, yeah. I sat there and I saw how he Ugh. sold that move, yeah. how he would literally grabbed his wrist and started rotating it yeah. like he was trying to lock a uh, He actually a key. put it back in. Like, yeah. he dislocated his shoulder. <laughs> what a tough son of a Holy bitch. Hell. Like, he just popped it back in. Oh, that freaks me out, but goddamn. So, Finn Balor has, as you can probably guess, a shoulder injury now. And so he's going to be out for six months, which means that the Universal title has been relinquished, sadly, after only being held for 24 hours. We'll find out what's going on with that in the coming weeks. Yeah. There's fatal four ways to count. Actually, no, next week is determining next week. the new title. Next week. Oh. What if Reigns wins it? What a lull. Oh, That'd be God. a lull. That's not it. That'd be hilarious. Anyway. I just, I just realised, mm. you brought up Reigns. Here, I'm, I'm looking up the card online. It doesn't actually feature the Universal title match. No, the United yeah, States title. title match. It wasn't a match, though. Because Yes, which was disappointing. Why? Like, okay, I understand. It was a, a toilet break. But why would it even logically be positioned second last? I don't know. Because, because Rusev holds the number one title in the WWE. Did you not know that? Fair call. <laughs> I, I like Rusev. I would actually accept that. Rusev's amazing, but sadly, he just got absolutely buried in this. I know. He was shown as being so weak after you made this monster of a man. I was so disappointed by it. I love that like he sold everything amazingly. Rusev yeah. is an absolute boss when it comes to taking moves and delivering them. And, I mean, he took the chair shots, he took the barricade, the everything How else. How good is the spear? That was going to be what I was going to say. That oh, spear. I beat you to it. <sighs> I love every time Roman does that. He's only done it a handful of times, but every time it's like, that yeah. is beautiful. He has moments, Roman. <laughs> <laughs> Little Roro. Yeah. I, I, I don't even know what to think of it. Hopefully, I feel like Roman isn't going to win the Universal title simply for the fact that he can continue this feud with Rusev. Surely, surely, just coming off of a wellness policy violation, they're not going to reward him with a title. Shh, call me crazy, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know. I don't know. see it. <laughs> wow, but I don't know. That was a match that never happened. A match that did, and was quite brutal, uh, but not, I'll say not all that surprising, was the main event, where Brock Lesnar defeated Randy Orton by, and I don't think this has ever been used in wrestling before, a TKO. 
And mm-hmm. I don't mean the move that is now Nikki Bella's new finisher, which is really good, by the way. I'm so oh, glad yeah. she got rid of the rack attack. But an actual technical knockout. This was... Okay, I'll just go... Th- I'll go back a little bit. The yep. match itself, typical Lesnar match. It, it suplexes, stuff through tables. Okay, cool, whatever. He's getting a paycheck. It's kind of cool sometimes, but it's it's getting a little bit old. Not anymore. I'm so mad with Brock Lesnar. I don't know how to put it into words, but... Was it just because of the Ambrose interview? <laughs> no, it was before that. I, before that, I, was, I just don't like the guy. I mean, Undertaker stuff was awesome. Yeah. Then onwards, he didn't need to work anymore. and it was, I didn't need to hear the Stone Cold podcast to hear that, to, yeah. to realise that. It was so it was obvious. Just... He rocked up. He threw people around for a few times. Even like, okay, if I go to Ambrose, because I have to, with the WrestleMania build-up, Ambrose put absolutely everything into that, everything. Mm. And he was gritty and bringing out bloody Terry Funk. Like, it was great. My spirit animal, Terry Funk, <laughs> was there and they were talking and they were holding up bloody chainsaws in bars and it was everything I've ever dreamed of seeing. And then Lesnar just rocks up, and I think like the most extensive retaliation he had on TV was like standing on Ambrose's head and walking away. Yeah. And then their match was exactly the same. He just <laughs> threw him around for a little bit. And then nothing. But that's been every Lesnar match since his feud with The Undertaker. He just throws people around, wins, walks away, comes yeah. back in six months' time. I, yeah. Why are you here? If you're not going <laughs> to give... 100% to what you're doing. I mean, look at all these other guys who are... Buddy, Sami Zayn is on the pre-show and he gives 120% oh, to absolutely everything he does. And Lesnar gets a top spot for doing nothing. I just... Pretty much. I have no respect for him anymore. <laughs> like, none at all. I'm sorry. You know who we should have respect for, though? It's bloody Randy Orton. Oh, wow. The fact that... It, like, there were reports coming out of this that people were like, oh, no, he went off script. Brock went off script and all that. No, this was apparently part of the plan. Yeah. Uh, Randy Orton, after taking suplexes and being put through tables and, and the whatnot, literally got busted open by an elbow. There was a lot of people saying this was a blade job. It is pretty clear by the <laughs> jagged nature of this scar that he's going to have on his head after taking 10 staples... This was a legit just busting open. And because Brock is an MMA fighter, you do know as an MMA fighter how to legitimately bust someone open yeah. with your elbow. Because it's like there's, there's a term for, for it. I think it's something along the lines of sharp elbow or something like that, razor elbow. Yeah. It's a thing. And Brock used it. And I didn't even realize. Like, as I was no. watching live, I saw, because Randy was covering his head. Yeah. Brock was full on ground and pound, just beating the living hell out of him. And then Randy's blocking his face, covering it up with his hands. And then I see after a little bit, there's a little bit of just red on his fingers. Like, oh, is, is that is that blood? Yeah. And then you see him open his hands up, and it's like, oh my god, and it he's just literally dripping from yeah. his head onto the mat. Like, <laughs> think of all the screaming children in the front <laughs> row. <laughs> he is in a pool of his own blood. Yeah, that was traumatic. Like, I think it just set the tone of SummerSlam. If you just captured that, I loved it though. I no, just for the fact that it was so different. Mm. It's sort of the fact that it was done to Randy, who needs to be a top star of SmackDown, is a little bit disappointing. But because it was something so different, and it was just such a jaw-dropping moment, it's like, oh wow. So, what are your thoughts then on WWE taking influences from like UFC and mixed martial arts in their presentation? It's successful for a reason. Yeah, I'm very cool with that. 
Yeah. I always thought like Undertaker has always been my favorite, and I always thought he was better when he got influence from MMA. Mm. When he started putting on the gloves, when he had a little bit more of a martial arts style to him, and he started using things like the the Hell's like Gate. Like Hell's Gate, and, yeah. Yeah, it, it's all so cool. I love it. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. And the fact that they have ended a match on a technical knockout, the fact that it was the main event is a little bit weird. It just sort of ended the show on, on an awkward note, like you said. I think there was like just slight Goldberg chance towards the end. Everyone yeah. was just hanging. <laughs> but you no. hype up Goldberg so much and then he doesn't show up. It's not the best booking idea it's there. It's really not. It's so sad. It's so sad. But, hey, it happened. And that was SummerSlam for 2016. Now then, Aaron, I have just realised how long we've been talking for. It's been a long time, I believe. <laughs> it, it has indeed. We've gone slightly over time, but that's okay. I'm sure you guys are probably still loving it. Uh, the three count will be back next week from six till seven, possibly seven on the dot. We'll see. <laughs> Aaron, please tell us who you are, where you're from, what you do. Give us all the info. My name is Erin and I am the co-host for the Hot Tag Podcast on Sin with Ez and Jules. Thank you, Troy, from The Three Count for having us tonight. We really appreciate it. Check out The Three Count. Make sure you're listening every week. Check out the Hot Tag Podcast and hopefully we'll have some more stuff together soon. Oh, absolutely. I plan on it. If we don't, then I'm coming to your house and I'm TKOing you. (laughs) Whichever version, you can decide. We'll see about that. Okay, I'm down with that. (laughs) Cool. Uh, But to... To end this on a little bit of a, I don't want to say a sad note, but a very touching note. On Raw this past week, we had the ending of an era, I guess we could say, where the Dudley boys officially retired. They said, okay, it's done. We've had our piece. Uh, They can't come to a contract negotiation, so it's over. They officially retired, and they did so putting over the club as well, where, was it Bubba? Bubba got yep. put through a table, yep. signifying their end, giving the, the club a great rub. It was a great way to go, and it unfortunately it just happened to be to a tag team that everybody loved. They didn't get what they needed for that final run, but hey, I was so glad to see them back. Dudley boys will live forever, man. Absolutely. And this is how we're going to end you here on The Three Count. We'll be back next week, guys. Don't forget to check out the hot tag. They're pretty cool too.